We're on the same wavelength today. We have the same alcohol. A rare occurrence. It is. Although I don't know why. Like it, it... I think I've been I've been uh, more adventurous lately with my alcohol. Trying new beers, trying to make like mixed drinks. But after a while I just, you know, I gotta go back, slide into what's going on. Go back to the classics. Mm-hmm. I will say though that I this is about a six pack of the day, and this is I've only finished one all the way through. Which, you know, is that a super rare occurrence for me? Oh, what happened? Oh no, he had the wrong chair. Wrong chair. Mm. Yeah, the one makes noise. All the funk. The podcast is out of funk. Yeah, yeah. I just this is this is my first time having bloom in like a month or two, and I just I've I've only finished like one full bottle. I don't know what it is. I think I just prefer it draft at this point. But you know, everything's better draft. I'm sure I can't remember the last time I had a draft beer at this point. I went to Casey Moore semi recently, but yeah, I haven't done anything since March. Yeah. Really? Like Casey Moore's is the only one I'll go to because it's outside, which is a little better. A little better, but still, it's still not. They great. they pack the tables in there. No, they they space them out. Depends on where you're at. Yeah. Well, either, yeah. Well, look, I'm not going to give you advice. I'm the one who's in here. Yeah, well, how long, how long has it been? How many days? It's been, oh, God. Well, I started I started quarantining literally last Thursday. I'm supposed to quarantine until Tuesday. But the shitty thing is right around last Tuesday is when I got my test. And now in the past week, it's been it's been way harder to get a test. So like last week, I just walked in. I had to wait a few hours and I got one. Now I can't even find anything available in the next like two or three days. Do you do you have to get tested again? Yeah, before I go back to work, they need a negative. Mm. Yeah, and then tough. when I got my test last week, it only took two days to get the results back, and my family all got test tested last Saturday, and they still haven't heard back. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I think there's a there's not an insignificant chance that I have it, or I've had it at some point. Well, you could be like me and just be completely asymptomatic. I know 100% that I have been within, in in the proximity of people who have had it. Yeah. I, I haven't been like close to anyone who has had it for any like actual period of time, longer than like 30 seconds. So I'm not sure. And I, I'm always wearing a mask at work, but I have been close enough. So yeah. uh, you never know. Well, you know, the one thing... That has been nice is that I've been able to catch up on movie watching, which a lot. A yeah, lot. so so what have you been watching? So um I'm I've been trying to do a very strict two movie a day schedule, and it's been all over the place. So since we talked last, I have seen I dipped into the Criterion channel. They have like a noir western collection. Mm-hmm. I watched a few of those. One I watched one called Blood on the Moon with Robert Mitchum. Which is good. It was pretty good. Then I watched one called Station West, which is boring. Very boring. Uh, I jumped into the John Cassavetes box set. I watched Shadows. It was okay. <laughs> so I had actually, I had logged. I always get Shadows and Faces mixed up. Because mm-hmm. they're just one word titles that Black don't and white really say well. much about. They're very similar aesthetically. Mm-hmm. And I think I, I had logged faces i had seen faces and i hadn't logged shadows and it was the opposite way around and i recently corrected that 
because I had seen shadows, but I have not seen faces. You know, okay. Well, I think we're on the same page of shadows. I think we gave it the same rating. It's okay. It's yeah. It, it's been a long time. I think I watched that back in like June freshman year. Yeah. Apparently, it's a. It's, it's, did you watch it for a class? I watched it for a class. It was my first cast of Eddie's. What was the class? I don't know. Everyone... It was either film theory and criticism or independent film. Oh, it's only independent film. All the people that I follow that had seen it, they all like logged it for a class. So I was just curious. It was okay. Um, it, it was, was probably like... for independent film. Now that yeah, I'm about it. I, I definitely enjoyed it. It was uh, it was brief enough to where I wasn't annoyed. Because it, it, it really not a lot happens more so than it's, most it's Cassavetes. A, it's the shorter yeah. Cassavetes entry. Rewatched Porco Rosso. Come on. Always a good choice. Always a good choice. Um, I, I did see that you logged uh, Wages of Fear. Yes. <laughs> the, yeah. Wait, did I? Yes, I did. Wait, why is it not showing up on Letterboxd? That's weird. Um, yes, I watched The Wages of Fear. Finally, I've owned this Criterion for a few months now. You've owned it. I've owned it. I own it. Yeah. This is what I'm trying to do, Jacob. I'm trying to watch all the ones I haven't seen yet. And I only well, have a now, few. And now it makes more sense because I had, for the longest time, recommended uh, Le Diabolique to you, which yeah. is the same director. Is it really? I was like, yeah. It's like, why did he watch that before uh, uh, Diabolique that I'd yeah, recommend? I, I own it because but I, this is understandable. And you didn't even know it was the same director. I did not know. I did not know. Uh, I it is one of those things where the concept alone has sold me and it was very interesting. But I think the ending was stupid and the first act was very, very long. Um, I love it and hate it at the same time, which is another movie that we'll be getting to similar feelings. I still got to watch because these are the ones I still got to watch. Got to watch Quite On. Oh, good one. I got to watch Bicycle Thieves. I don't know if I ever told you this because this was before we became friends, but Uh one of my first projects or ideas for a project in college was a short film called ironically the box uh which oh, wow. one of our, our friend brand sanju just uh, made a short film called the box which i uh assistant directed but uh, <laughs> i had this idea back in uh freshman sophomore year and it was i got the idea for the short after watching quite on and it was an, it was like a little anthology of like really short horror things mm-hmm. all around a box, obviously. Uh, different enough to uh, the idea that our friend made into a short film. So I think oh. it still still is viable, but I never, never made it into anything. There is a script for it, though. Oh, oh I'd be anxious to read this. Uh, this as well. It's, it's probably terrible. It's my early work. It's all Tree bad. of Life. Tree of Life. That's a good one. Well, here we go. I, Ready for the last one? I still one? need to watch the uh, the second edited version of the Tree of Life. Oh, the, the just completely new version that's on the Criterion? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Ooh, Andre <laughs> Rublev. That's, Andre that's a movie. Um, but I also watched, uh, rewatched Fellowship. What did you think of it this time? Uh, this is the extended version that I saw. Have you ever um, seen the extended version? I have before? not. No, I haven't. Uh, Fellowship, I mean, okay. I know we discussed this a lot, but I've never seen Return of the King. That's the one I've, you know, I waited till I read the book. And now I read the book, so I want to watch it. Um, but this is my favorite of the two that I've seen. Um, and I watch all the special features. And the special features did a lot to enhance and also 
at times detract from the experience because I understood a lot of what, you know, the, the practical effects and stuff like that that went into it. But then there's also like I saw the a lot of the um, featurettes on the digital, the CGI stuff. Mm-hmm. So I see how it was made. And now I can only see these actors running against the blue screen and then just inserted into the I mean, it's still cool that they use miniatures to insert yeah. themselves into. But like when they're running across the, the bridge, the bridge ball rog. And I'm just that's like, the oh. one that's the first one that came to my mind. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, some of the stuff in like Rivendell and stuff like that. But, you know, it's still great. It's still great. Yeah, I don't know that that enhances the experience for me, um, but I can one hundred percent see how it would be distracting to someone. It, it to know it balanced that itself the, out. There's something so charming about oh yeah practical old effects yeah and how they they went they well, went that's the, the full thing. distance with Lord of the Rings for that yeah. stuff. Yeah, it, it, it's like there's a there's a big difference between seeing them run across the bridge and then like thinking of the fucking um, Camino clones army base <laughs> there's a huge difference in the in the cgi there uh but yeah you know it's there's only a few moments where i was like oh, okay this is stuff that they cut for good reason like there's some extended dialogue sequences with bilbo and frodo where i'm like eh, okay yeah. I, i'd really say like the beginning stuff from the extended version i really like like there's some extra stuff in hobbiton that i think the theatrical cut could have used Mm -hmm. and it's a little slower pacing which i think works well for the beginning but there's a few extra scenes near the end i think the the departure from lothlorien is a little longer and then there's an extra scene between boromir and aragorn yeah and there's just it slows the pacing down at the end Mm -hmm. to the point where when you compare it to the theatrical version i think they made the correct decision to really like vamp up into the uh the pacing yeah that up into something a bit more exciting near the end and kind of cut out some of those more expositional dialogue scenes it's one of those things where i you know if i had to choose between the 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 tighter theatrical release that doesn't have some of the stuff that i like and then sitting through a longer version which some stuff i don't like but i get the stuff that i like i'm going to go to the longer version just because i like it all so much and i want there to be more of it um but yeah, it's still if, my if you like being in Middle Earth, if you I like do. the vibe, the feeling, oh, yeah. then it's it's the extended version every time for me. Yeah, because of that. But if you know, if you like the movie but you're not into the the mood of the world, mm-hmm. then the extended edition might not be for you. Oh, I also just want to shout out one movie that I watched. I can't find it. Also, I don't know if I ever told you this because we were we were talking, discussing. Still you and uh, our friend Brandon were discussing Lord of the Rings on our group chat the other day, and. I don't know if I've ever mentioned that Return of the King used to be my favorite movie. Ever? Ever. Wow. Like, do you, I would say it, it was my first favorite movie. Mm. Like, the first time I ever consciously said to myself, this is my favorite film. How long did that last? A while? Because I didn't really get into movie making until... Yeah. Well... No, let me because I've mentioned before that the, the behind the scenes uh, got me into movie making. And that's what like during college, I, I would rewatch those behind the scenes great. movies a lot. And what ultimately supplanted. So it actually stayed my favorite movie for a while, mostly because I wasn't I hadn't introduced myself into a wider world of cinema yet. And the film that supplanted it was uh, Blade Runner. Um. 
Yeah. So, and then I think you know the the, the next two in that progression of favorite movie, movies. Yes, eight and a half, Fanny and Alexander. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's the. It's an interesting like one eighty twist. From, yeah. Like, big action blockbuster into like slowly into uh, obscure indie foreign long. <laughs> Although I suppose Fanny and Alexander and Return of the King, the the long films still have stayed with me. Well, they, yeah. well, then would you say that Return of the King is your favorite of the trilogy? Then my thoughts on the trilogy have really uh, shifted over the years, and I couldn't say for certain what my favorite is at the moment. Mm, okay, but for nostalgia purposes, I suppose it's Return of the King. See, I went from my first conscious favorite movie was Goodfellas up until about a year ago that it was inside Lewin Davis. Yeah, you were with Goodfellas for a while. I I still it, there's there's movies that you you know you'll feel are never gonna leave your like top ten. Blade Runner is never gonna leave my top ten. Fucking love Blade. I think those movies are in my top five. Uh, one other movie I just want to sh- shout out real quick. This is interesting. Salesman. Salesman. It's a ninety minute documentary about a bunch of Bible salesmen in the nineteen sixties. Very sad, but. D- it's sad because they're just pathetic, but I, I the movie itself is great. But I want to point it out because this has <laughs> some of my favorite supplements of any criterion. It, it has uh, like a 30 minute PBS interview with the filmmakers or whatever. But then it has like a 10 minute interview with Bill Hader because he does that show documentary now where him and Fred Armisen like parody famous documentaries and they recreate the style like insanely well. Like they'll do a bunch of research, find out what lenses that these people use and try to recreate the film stock or whatever. Um, so they have like a 10 minute interview with Bill Hader and he doesn't even talk about salesman. He talks about documentary now and then they just include an entire episode <laughs> of documentary now when they parodied salesman. And so it, it's great. And it, it's, it's a nice little 90 minute movie, good supplements. But the final movie I want to talk about because this movie's underrated as hell. I watched uh, Bringing Out the Dead. You know this one? Interesting. I do not know this one. And every time anyone has ever brought it up, all I think about is the, the Monty Python. Well, sketch. yes, it's hard Bring not Bring Out your Dead. It is. Uh, it's a Martin Scorsese movie with Nicolas Cage. Oh, I didn't even know that. And Patricia Arquette, written by Paul Schrader. And it's Nicolas Cage plays like a, a paramedic in New York. And it is hellish. Like, he's just constantly going from person to person, junkie to junkie, shooting to shooting. That cast of, like, who's involved in that film almost seems like a Mad Lib. Like, fill it, in. But that, yes. Okay, so the the, the real reason I watched it is because I just, I, I love uh, the Paul Schrader um, collaborations with Martin Scorsese. Yeah, Because I feel like Martin, Martin Scorsese has a very, like, Catholic optimism. And Paul Schrader is like the complete opposite. They're both relatively religious filmmakers, but they both have like completely different perspectives um, that sort of balance each other out. And this this. OK, so this movie, it takes place in New York. It's Nicolas Cage, you know, watching a bunch of people die. Um, also, has John Goodman. <laughs> OK, hold on. I need to explain this part because it's a three act movie where Nicolas Cage, the three acts are separated by the different EMTs that he shares the ambulance with. The first uh-huh. act is with John Goodman. The second act is with Ving Rhames. And the third act is with, I forget his name, but he's in Saving Private Ryan and um, 
Twin Peaks The Return. He plays the guy who works with Dougie who tries to kill him, but then cries at the end because he oh, doesn't okay. want to kill him. I forget his name. Ving Rhames is the best part about this whole movie. But, um, you know, what's it called again? It's called Bringing Out the Dead. Bring, it's on oh, Amazon. Okay, Prime. I, I just tried to search it and that's all I could think of. Uh, yeah. All I could think of was bring, bring out your dead. Bringing out the dead. Uh, so obviously the big Martin Scorsese, um, Paul Schrader collaborations is Taxi Driver. And it, this one is similar in that it's a very like spiritual movie, but oh my God, it is, it makes fucking the taxi driver in New York look like Teletubby land. It is so bleak and dark and sad, it, but not like a depressing kind of sad, just an overwhelmingly it's like the entire place, the uh, entire movie takes place at night. And Nicolas Cage just looks exhausted. He's got giant rings under his eyes and he's constantly seeing demons and ghosts. And it's just it's one of my favorite Scorsese's now. It was so good. Huh. I'm a big huh. fan and I definitely I'll have to check it out. Where'd you watch it? It's on Amazon Prime. It's free on Prime. It's oh, good. Very cool. And I'm excited to hear your thoughts because I know how you feel about Paul Schrader. And Scorsese. And Scorsese, yes. Maybe it's the one that you like more. Now, he, now you uh, wanted to show me some criterions, but I first wanted to ask you a little bit more mm -hmm. how okay. your, uh, um, what's the what's the Spanish director? Boonwell. How has your Boonwell well watching been? My Boonwell binge? Yeah. Yes, I, I am almost complete, although I, since I'm 90% there I, I suppose i might as well make some comments about that hmm. i i love him i don't know what it is he seems <laughs> like he's one of those directors where at first you think it's going to be one of those dreary art house uh, european directors yeah like that's what it uh, looks like to me right and i'm not saying that those things are bad but it's hard to binge those kinds of movies yeah where you'll have Directors like Godard, Truffaut, um, or even something like Kislowski over in Poland, or German filmmaker like uh, Fassbender. And it's hard for me, at least, to binge those films because they're very dense. They're very, they, they kind of do their own thing. They're very different directors. They kind of like shift their style every once in a while. Mm -hmm. um, or they take thing there there's kind of a seriousness to it or a playfulness that Godard has that's really a, a a bland boringness but that's just me and and me but but you know what i mean this kind of feeling yeah, that yeah. a lot of art house european films have it's important not entertaining amar bergman too and i didn't have that with Boonwell. like it it never started to set in and i think I'm not sure if I mentioned this on our last podcast, but he just seemed like a very modern director that hmm. his sensibilities on religion and on sex seem very uh, liberal and modern, or at the very least he's questioning things in a way that a lot of directors mm -hmm. don't. Yeah. And I just, uh, I watched uh, Belle de Jour the other day and that's a film that I'm surprised uh, got made when it was made. <laughs> but How, what I mean, year? That, that was about uh, kind of sexual fantasies, masochism, mm. oh. uh, about sexual discovery. And uh, it's just the filmmaking itself is, is very simple and almost classical kind of European filmmaking that you might expect. 
but I suppose it's just the content and like the way Bunuel directs his directs his actors is that it's never drab, it's never dull, it's never you don't have to work too hard to engage with the film. Hmm. And um, the one I was really surprised by was the Exterminating Angel, hmm. which is kind of unlike his other films, but it, it also had that same vibe of I wasn't tired watching it. And it's, uh, I don't know if you know much about it, but it's about a bunch of bourgeois, rich people, aristocrats who go to a, a dinner party and they find they cannot leave. And oh. most of the film is literally just in that one room and it's 90 minutes and it was not boring, which I think is a feat in and of itself. But that is, I, you know, I wouldn't say I loved any of his movies. I wouldn't say any of them were like five stars for me. Yeah. And even, but even the ones that were like three and a half stars or three stars that I gave, I still enjoyed watching. And well, there's a few more I have to go through. I need to, uh, the discreet charm of the bourgeoisie is the last oh, major yeah, I can't haven't seen one that to one. get. Yeah. That's well, a big one. It was on the Criterion channel. Oh. And then it left at the end of the month. Um, and I prioritized other things because they were lesser known. And I felt it would be easier to find a copy later on of Discreet Charm than it would be of the other ones. Mm. So gotcha. that's why I put it off. Gotcha. I like him. Good director. Yeah. Yeah. A good, solid director. Just does what he does. <laughs> Makes interesting movies. All right. Let's see him, Jacob. Okay. He's going to bust out the Gooby Criterion. <laughs> kind of I, I have been thinking about making some fake criterion covers and that's gooby's been in there none of us have even seen gooby have you ever seen clips from gooby <laughs> i've seen the the cover of the dvd that nick has and that's about it it's it looks it's, it looks terrifying <laughs> there's a free copy on youtube we'll have a gooby special where we, that'll be the last episode we get everyone all Vertigo and Gooby. <laughs> Spoiler alert for the number one spot on the list. Oh uh, yeah. So it's it's the Barnes and Noble sale to started this week, and I feel like this sale in particular was kind of crazy for a couple of reasons. One that the coronavirus has shut in everyone, and everyone's been starved for the social interact, the pseudo social interaction of going to a sale and then posting about it on Reddit. Yeah. Yeah. And cause the last time we had that was February for the flash sale and we haven't had much since then. So the, the criterion subreddit kind of went crazy for a little bit thinking that the sale wasn't going to happen because of everything with the coronavirus supply chain stuff. That's not as quick as usual. And so everyone thought there wasn't going to be a sale and then there was a sale mm -hmm. and everyone was just kind of starved for that release of buying criterions that i think everyone just flooded the store yesterday oh uh, oh no and uh, in my barnes and noble and i heard on the, the subreddit quite a bit they're just people just wiped things out just bought bought oh, everything now i'm sad and there's still some uh Criterion, plenty of criterions left. I mean, they're going to restock. It goes yeah. on for a month. It's fine. Honestly, this is the, the these flash sales are when I do blind buys. I, if anything, half of my stuff is blind buys when I go. Hmm. 
a rational me went into Barnes and Noble saying the sale's going to go on for a month. They're going to restock. You don't need to get a lot of stuff, Jacob. But, but <laughs> I kind of went with the whole vibe because there there were there were probably like seven people in the Tucson Barnes and Noble looking at the Criterion section oh, when I was no. there. That's more than I ever see. I know. And there was one uh, one guy had a big big old stack of them. Oh, and so wow. I think that kind of edged me on to to get a few more than I normally would. <laughs> uh, but I went into the sale wanting to get a few things. And I I ended up buying 13. That's <laughs> There were 11 yeah. yesterday and two today because I had oh, to go you to went the today? Oh no. Cuz I I sent you a thing where the something I wanted wasn't available at the the first Barnes and Noble I went to, so I reserved. You went it to two. Yeah, you went yeah. to two. And I was originally gonna like drive everywhere yesterday after work, but I, I didn't decide to just save that till today. Uh, the first one is, oh, Anatomy of a Murder. That's what I'm definitely getting one of those. Anatomy of Murder. This is nice. Very nice. It's, it's a great movie. Um. Oh, he up. Well, no, you never had the DVD version. I never yeah, had the DVD. Go. It's do the right thing. So that's a good. This is this is this is like a this is a top tier Criterion release right here. It really is. The In terms booklet, of packaging and supplements, it's just the booklet packed. is actually really neat. I don't know if you know what it is, but he basically kept like a little diary of the entire mm-hmm. production process. Very interesting to read. Uh, Buster Keaton, the cameraman. Oh, that's new. That's a new one. I know. I've never seen it before, but I like it's Buster Keaton. It's a prequel Keaton. to like a camera person. <laughs> and uh, it also comes with a second Buster Keaton film. So I felt if you get two films, you're pretty good. It's a pretty uh, good yeah, deal. That's a hell of a deal. Yeah. Uh, we already guessed this one. We got Come and See. Oh, I'm so this jealous. wasn't at Barnes and Noble yesterday, but it was at the one I went to today. Oh, I was I was originally only going to buy the one thing I put on hold, but I found this and I said, "I've wanted it for a while." So I've I wanted it for so long. There's never been a good release till now. Mm-hmm. I got another Ozu. Good morning. Oh, the farting one. Yes, the one with <laughs> the uh, the disc is is a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's great. It's a little surprise for our viewers if you ever get the Good Morning Criterion. <laughs> uh, this is actually it's a movie that is on the list coming up later on. Top twenty, top thirty, I think I could say. And it's something. It's a movie that I haven't, I didn't like when I first watched it, and it's really grown on me over the years. And I think it's really a masterful piece of cinematic art. La Ventura. Oh, interesting. It's fun. I'm looking forward to the day you get to watch that one. This one, this is one of my favorite covers that I've been meaning to buy for a while. Local Hero. Oh. Ooh. And this is one of my favorite supplements I've ever seen on any Criterion. And it is audio commentary from 2018 featuring the director, Bill Forsyth, and film critic, Mark Kermode. Oh, wait a, a minute. Mode. Bill Forsyth directed a movie? Yeah. Anyway, I watched Local Hero for the first time a few months ago. Uh, oh, that's someone else. And it was Ooh. a charming, 
charming film that I really enjoyed. Can so. I can I guess another one that you might have got? Sure. Did you get Mikey and Nikki? I didn't. Considering it. That was one I was considering, but didn't end up. This is one I've been meaning to blind buy for a while. I had never heard of it before, but it caught my eye for some reason. And it's Matawan. Oh, yeah, that's a recent one, too. Yeah, this is actually spy number 999. Oh, which is pretty cool. But it's about coal miners in West Virginia, and that seemed pretty unique. I like the, I like the cover. Yeah, it's got that's James Earl Jones. Also, yeah. It feels like a Western, like a... a Looks very Sergio Leone. A Union coal miner Western. Next is a film I haven't brought it up on the podcast. I was going to. Um, and it was something I watched for the first time about a month ago. And it honestly was an unexpected gem that just kind of blew me away. And it's a Japanese film, The Naked Island. I've never heard of this. Yes. Unexpected, as I said. It, it's a really interesting movie. There is almost no dialogue whatsoever. You're just watching people go about their lives on this island in the middle of the inland sea in Japan. And Are they all naked? No. Oh. Shame. <laughs> but it it was just kind of um, mesmerizing. 90 minutes. And there's like five lines of dialogue in the whole thing. Wow. And But I really enjoyed it. And I'm looking forward to it because it has a director commentary on it, which... Quite a few of the movies I got have director commentaries, which I'm looking forward to quite a bit. I'm going to start doing those more. There's so many criterions here. I just never go too far into the supplement. This is probably my number one thing that made me number one happiest. The happiest thing I, I got is, of course, Portrait oh, of a Lady on Fire. Wonderful. Oh, it's so nice. The more I think about it, the more it's just one of the best things ever made. It kind of is. And... I mean, like, you know, we, we've discussed in detail about how great the last year was uh, in movies, but two of the most perfect movies of the decade came out at the right last second. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I often forget that we're going to get a Parasite Criterion. But more importantly, we're going to get a Memories of Murder Criterion. Those are, I, I've never gotten something pre-ordered or gotten anything before it's released i'm a very patient man i'm willing to wait <laughs> for my half off sales i might get those the day they, they're announced i don't know i feel like parasite might actually be one of the first times that it's it'll be hard to find a new criterion yeah that's why i'm gonna pre-order the moment <laughs> they announce it i mean i still technically have the blu-ray i bought because i'm betting they're gonna ago. announce parasite and memories of murder the same Month. I hope so. I hope so. I hope so too. Because Memories of Murder is one of those things that it's on Amazon Prime every once in a while to put it on. Mm-hmm. And there's a free version on YouTube I watched a few months ago and then it got taken down and now it's not on Amazon Prime, not available to rent. So I'm starting to think I'm not going to be able to see it again until it actually They're comes starving out. You. And it's one of my favorite movies, so it's yeah. a shame. I haven't seen it in a while, so I'm starved for it. Is that this all? One... Oh, here we go. Nope, there's two more. Three more, actually. We have Tokyo Olympiad. That's a nice cover. I love this cover. That's a great cover. I love it. It's partially, like 50% of the reason why I bought this is just for the cover. 
but I have, nice. I've heard many a great things that it's, it's one of the most visually impressive filmings of a Tokyo of a Olympic games. And I'm not is it just like a documentary? Sport. Yeah. It's just a documentary, mm. but it's like, it's an actual direct, like uh, Koni Chikawa was directed by who is an actual director. Like, mm. Imagine if Wes Anderson filmed the Super Bowl. Yeah, it's like that. Like you know, hiring an actual like hiring uh, Martin Scorsese to do the Los Angeles games in twenty twenty eight. That that's how they're gonna make up. That's how the NBA is gonna make up for the lack of crowds. They're just gonna have Martin Scorsese film the games. And two hours of the Rolling Stones. The my final blind buy. So I blind bought the cameraman, Matuwan, the and Tokyo Olympiad. My final blind buy this time is something I've been wanting to watch for a while, and it is Young Mr. Lincoln by John Ford. I never heard of this. John Ford made a Lincoln biopic. I I have only heard of it because of Criterion. So interesting. I'm interested. Yeah, and this also has a Criterion, not by John Ford, but hmm. you know, how, is it? How many other John Fords are there in the collection? Is it just Stagecoach? My darling Clementine is John Ford, right? Is it? Is it? Or is it? I, no, no, it is. You're right. Yeah, yes. Yes. Yeah. Which, that was another blind buy. Blind bought that, and I love it. So That's great. It's probably my favorite. John Ford hasn't. Classic Western. John Ford hasn't let me down except for the times that he has. <laughs> Anytime I blind buy, I've been successful with him. So. Uh, now I'm just jealous. I'm jealous, but I Well, got, there's no. one more. Oh, was, oh, yeah. Here we go. That's right. I don't know if you can see it on the shelf over there. What is it? Is it a box set? Did you buy the Bergman box set? Oh, no. Oh, no. It is. He bought the Bergman box. I bought the Berg box. Oh, no. (laughs) That's the only one I really wanted. And (laughs) all these other ones. Portrait of Lady on Fire, though. I, I I love Jacob for the fact that most people when they see these criterion cells they're like oh i'm gonna get the bird box and that's gonna be it not only did you get your of the most like record breaking amount of criterions in one purchase but you, then you also topped it off with the bird box I, I signed up for a barnes and noble membership so that actually saved me a lot of money <laughs> could use mine that, yes but you get an extra 20 percent off when you first sign up oh shit so yeah, that's what I reserved because it, it, okay. that had sold out at the other Barnes and Noble and it was, there was a copy left at the, the West side location. So wow, I ran there to so get that, it this morning. It has every Bergman movie. I don't, I'm not sure if it's every Bergman movie. I think it's close to every Bergman movie. Okay. Cause how many Bergmans do you have in your collection besides Fanny and Alexander? Do you have two seventh seal? I have Fanny and Alexander and wild strawberries. Oh, okay. Wild Strawberries is one that I always see cheap at Zia. Maybe I'll get it next time. It's really good. Uh, those two I bought, and then they announced the Berg box, and I wanted to get like Seven Seal, um, Autumn Sonata, a few others of Bergman's, and I felt eh, I might as well wait for the big box. So that's why I do not have more. I've been waiting. You for got that the one. big box. Yeah. Well, that's a, that's a very impressive haul. Yeah, I. Maybe at the end of the month, I might go back for one or two, but I think I'll stay away from Barnes & Noble for the rest of the month. Well, you say that. Well, 
I, I say that you say that, but you also just spent like $300, so maybe you actually will. Yeah, at the end of the month, we should report. I'll report on my uh, blind my my blind buys, see what I thought of them, and then, uh, I don't know, we can just talk Criterions a little bit, I suppose. Uh, yeah, I can, we can go through the collections. Because mine is not the same, so, well, it's definitely after today not as big as yours, but I've been, I've been slowly catching up to you. Yeah, I don't like years. looking at the bird box in the background it's creepy. of my camera shot. It's really box. creepy. Yeah, so I'm going to move it. All right. Hey everybody, it's Jacob from the future. Just to let you know that this episode of the Split Take podcast was recorded at the same exact time as episode 37 and 38. We recorded them all as one bunch and I decided to split them up into three in post. So uh, this one was just kind of a, the, the introduction uh, talk that Chandler and I usually do. It just went a little long. Next episode is going to be about Howl's Moving Castle and then episode 38 is going to be about the English movie Kess. So I hope you uh, tune in for those. They're going to be really interesting discussions, short and simple. This episode was also recorded back in early July and uh, releasing this only in mid-August. So uh, lots changed since then. In the upcoming episodes, we're going to have a few more updates about the July 2020 Barnes & Noble Criterion sale, what Chandler got, a few more things that I got, and uh, yeah, a few more great episodes coming up in the future, so we hope you stay tuned for those.